0: Today, we will be re-airing two episodes, Not Enough Words, a fan favorite from Season 1, and Day 65, a favorite of ours from Season 2. Next week, we will air the Season 2 finale of Tiny Tales with a wonderful story by Joel Feigenbaum. Go to tinytalespodcast.com to find links to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms. Please consider subscribing to the show and becoming a patron at patreon.com slash R-E-Rule. For just $1 per month, you'll gain exclusive access to the Tiny Tales soundtracks and you'll help us keep bringing the show to you every Monday. We're taking the week of November 9th off to prepare for Season 3. And now, Enjoy Not Enough Words and Day 65.
1: We don't have enough words,
0: she sighed, flipping through the stack of mangled magazines in front of her. She had spent hours poring over that wrinkled piece of paper, scissors in one hand, and Elmer's glue stick in the other. Good God, woman, it's a ransom note, not a novel, I griped, fanning myself against the stifling Louisiana heat. The A.C. had conked out hours ago, and our only relief was a small metal fan creaking in the motel room window.
1: That's no reason not to be polite.
0: She flapped the note wildly to dry the glue.
1: Now listen. To whom it may concern, sir, madam, or otherwise, this note is to inform you of the capture and current detention of the Honorable Alfred P. Dunlop, Jr. It has come to our attention that your family has been met with considerable good fortune and wealth over the past few years, and we wish to impose upon you a trade of a portion of said affluence in exchange for the life of your son, brother, or otherwise. I wanted to make sure I covered all possible readers.
0: She interjected.
1: If our demands are not met in full within a reasonable amount of time, we cannot guarantee the following will not be inflicted upon the detained personage, intentionally or otherwise. Grievous bodily injury, psychological damage, emotional trauma, and or death.
0: Good lord, woman, I began, but she held up her finger to cut me off
1: there's more. On the following page, please find a complete list of all demands, along with instructions for delivery and retrieval of the aforementioned detainee. We kindly ask that you refrain from involving any and all forms of law enforcement, or we will be forced to consider the previously listed repercussions. Thank you for your consideration of our demands, and we look forward to a speedy and smooth transaction. Sincerely... Oh, no, tell
0: me you didn't.
1: I'm not dumb.
0: I sighed, pinching the bridge of my nose to ward off the impending headache.
1: Sincerely, The Kidnappers...
0: I soon found myself trudging to the motel lobby to secure the last of their limited supply of magazines after she demanded an I, three E's, and a best wishes. The next morning, the lengthy ransom note was delivered, and at the specified time and place, instead of a payoff, a crisp white envelope appeared. They left a note. I sighed, slamming the motel room door and tossing the letter onto the bed next to her. She tore it open with a dainty forefinger and unfolded the enclosed letter had crowned with an ornate capital D.
1: Dear Sir and or Madam, Thank you for your previous correspondence regarding the abduction of Alfred P. Dunlop Jr. Unfortunately, the terms outlined in the enclosed proposal were not favorable to both parties involved. "'We can assure you there is nothing honorable about him, "'and our good fortune has only been furthered by your removal of him. "'To that end, we must humbly decline your generous offer of returning the missing party. "'Sincerely, Grateful Persons.' "'Well, shoot!'
0: She carefully refolded the letter, returning it to its envelope.
1: "'Now what are we supposed to do with him?'
0: We gazed over at the figure sitting in the corner a black bag over his head. How should I know? Guess nobody wants him. Ourselves included. I collapsed on the creaking bed, throwing an arm over my sweaty forehead.
1: Wait, I have an idea.
0: She turned back to the magazines, and the room soon filled with the rustle of paper and the crunch of scissors on magazine stock. Several hours later, she loudly cleared her throat, waking me from a heat-inflicted nap, and read the following.
1: "'Dear grateful persons, upon receiving your courteous response, we have decided we will return Alfred P. Dunlop, Jr. to you, whole and unharmed, unless our previous demands are indeed met. We must apologize for the fickleness of this whole affair, but these are desperate times, as I am sure you are aware.' In return for your generosity, we will ensure his permanent placement in a suitable location approved by both involved parties. The bottom of a river, perhaps. As always, we look forward to your prompt reply. Sincerely, The Kidnappers. P.S. Due to a lack of magazines, we are unable to enclose an updated copy of the previously sent terms. The time and place shall remain the same. The date of delivery moving to the Thursday of this week. Thank you for your understanding, and we apologize for any inconvenience this has caused.
0: The note was promptly delivered, and on Thursday, another crisp white envelope appeared along with a large black duffel. She eagerly tore open the letter.
1: Dear Sir and or Madam, After careful consideration of your offer, we happily accept your terms. Please find and close the money as requested, along with sufficient overages, to cover any and all expenses associated with disposing of Alfred P. Dunlop, Jr., as agreed upon. We hope you find the 15% gratuity sufficient. The bottom of a river is suitable for us, and we must thank you again for initiating this transaction. With deepest affections, grateful persons. That was kind of them.
0: "'She commented, refolding the letter. "'I yanked open the duffel "'and sorted through the neatly stacked bills, "'finally announcing, "'Yeah, it's all here, "'along with the extra lack they said.
1: "'Well, hot damn. "'Let's find us a river.' Day 65 The wind uncovered another bunker today and Elder Simon found some paper inside He gave it to me and showed me how to use it I'm supposed to write down what I see so we won't forget but I don't know what there is to forget There's only sky and sun and sand I keep it wrapped up in my blanket when I'm not using it so the wind doesn't try to take it Isaiah wanted some too, but Elder said he's too young. There was food in the bunker too, the kind wrapped in metal, and Zav has to break it open so we can eat. I asked Elder how it was done, but he didn't know. Someday, I'll find the edge of the sky and maybe the answer will be there. Zav says there is no end to the sands. He remembers more than I do of wandering through them, so maybe he's right. But sometimes, I think I see shimmers of purple on the horizon. It's been 65 days, near as I can tell, since we came to the camp. We wandered through the sands for, I don't know how long, before they found us, half dead and burned from the sun. They say Isaiah must be my brother, since our eyes are the same color, but they don't know about Zav. We don't remember either. 67. They gave the new bunker to Zav, Isaiah, and I so we don't have to sleep out on the sands. They put sand over it to block it from the sun, and it stays a little cooler inside. Every day, Zav has to push the drifts away from the door so we don't get buried inside. "'Day 70. There was a cloud in the sky today. "'I stared at it for so long that giant spots hovered in front of me the rest of the day, "'and I wondered if I would have to wear a cloth tied around my eyes like old Marga. "'I don't think she's that old, but the sun made her all dry and wrinkled. "'Last week, Zav told me my face was going dry like hers. "'It didn't feel any different.' but I couldn't see to tell and I started crying. Elder Simon yelled at Zav for making me waste my moisture on the sands instead of putting it in the filtrator. He made him haul all the buckets out to the edge of camp. Zav didn't say he was sorry, but he brought me a rock he'd found and said I could use it to hold my papers down so they didn't fly away. Day 74 The filtrator broke down today. Elder Simon is teaching Zav how to repair it. He's the youngest man in the camp next to Isaiah, but Isaiah is just a kid. Day 78 Vida walked into the sands today and didn't come back. Elder said it was selfish, taking her moisture with her. I can't blame her. Maybe she wanted to know what the purple haze was, too. Zav got angry when I told him I wanted to go, and he said he'd shut me in the bunker if he had to. Day 79. They found her. They wouldn't tell us what they did after they brought her body back to camp, but that night Zav told me they emptied her moisture into the filtrator. "'I'm glad. It was a good thing to die for, keeping us alive. "'It'll be easier with fewer of us needing water.' "'They took her back out into the sands and burned her body. "'I hadn't seen fire before. "'I watched the flames flickering late into the night until they died away. "'We can't bury our dead. The wind refuses to let them rest. "'Isaiah found a skull half-buried in the sand once, and it scared him so badly he wouldn't leave my side the rest of the week. Zav finally hauled him, kicking and screaming back to the bones to show him it was nothing to be afraid of. Day 81. Zav kissed me today. He brought me some water and said he hated it when I cried and that my face wasn't dry— I forgot what he was talking about at first, and had just remembered when he grabbed my face and shoved his lips against mine. I stood there with my mouth hanging open, and he ran out the door. I told old Marga when I was helping her beat sand off the tents. She laughed and said I should let him, that the camp would die with me if I didn't. I didn't know what that meant, but it scared me. I told Zav what she said later that night. His face turned red, and he said he wouldn't do it again, if I didn't want him to. I told him, "I guess I didn't mind, as long as he didn't run away afterward." I liked it a lot more the second time. Day 84. The filtrator broke down again. I took the most of the day to get it working. Zav looked pale when he came back from helping, but he won't tell me what's wrong. Day 85 Zav woke me in the middle of the night last night and said we were leaving. He won't tell me why, just that I had to be quiet. We took Isaiah and started walking. Day 86 Zav stole the water from the camp. I was furious and told him we had to go back, but he won't. He dragged me until I realized I wouldn't know how to get back, even if he let me go. Day 87. The wind stole most of my pages. I only have this one left. We're hiding under the blankets from the sun. The wind covers us with sand and keeps it cooler. Zav makes us walk through the night, no breaks. Isaiah started crying and Zav slapped him. I wish he hadn't, but it made Isaiah stop crying. Zav won't tell me where we're going. I don't think he knows. Day 90. Isaiah won't wake up. Zav keeps carrying him anyway. Day 92. We left Isaiah in the sands. I wrapped him up in my shawl. Zav yelled at me, saying I would need it against the sun, but I won't leave him to become the bones that scared him. Day 93. The purple haze is back on the horizon. I saw Zav cry today. He was looking down at a little green spiral in the sand and fell to his knees, sobbing. I don't know what it was. He took my hand and made me walk until the sun started to creep over the horizon. Day 95. Water. There's so much water. It stretches out like the sands that lay behind us, but it's all salty. Zav curled up in the sand for a long time after we tasted it. He won't speak. He doesn't have to. Our water is gone. Tomorrow we'll try to follow the coast, but for now, I'll give this page to the wind, then sit with Sav and watch the sun come up. It'll be time to sleep soon.
0: Today's episodes were written by R.E. Rule. Narration by R.E. Rule and Hot Daniel. Music and production by Frank Narant. Thanks for listening.